You are listening to the Practice Growth Podcast with Sean Terrell. Welcome to the Practice Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Terrell, and really excited about the guest for today's episode, Joe Butler. Joe is the CEO of Downing Construction, which specializes in the design and build of commercial developments with a big emphasis on dental practices. Joe, welcome to the Practice Growth Podcast. Great to have you here. Good to be here, Sean. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm really excited about our conversation. And as we dive in, I always like to start with just a little context for the audience, for everyone listening. Uh, If you would be willing, could you share a little bit more just about your background and how you arrived at this current stage, current point of your career? Yeah, absolutely. A um, little background on Downing first. Uh, you know, we're we're a fifty-plus-year-old company based out of Central Iowa. Um, we've we've specialized in the dental industry for over fifteen years and, and completed over two hundred dental projects in and around the state of Iowa uh, in that time frame. Uh, I actually joined Downing right out of school. I uh, went to Iowa State. Uh, my by by trade, I'm a construction engineer, um, and quickly realized that I like working with people more than than doing the design side of things, and so really gravitated towards the project management side of of this business. And um, you know, joined Downing as a as an intern, uh, quickly moved to superintendent, and then project manager, um, vice president of construction in 2015. Joined as partner in uh, 2017, uh, and then actually acquired the company with a, a partner in 2019, becoming CEO. I've been leading the the dental division for about 10 years, and really, really enjoy it. That's awesome. Kind of the the full gamut. Started at the bottom and and working your way up. Um, what is it that you enjoy specifically about working with dentists and kind of having that niche as the primary focus of of your work with Downing? Yeah, so I'm a very entrepreneurial person. Um, and the thing that I, I really enjoy working with the, the dental industry is that, you know, with, with it being a majority uh, privately owned business, I, I get to work with like minded people and, and people that have their they've, they've chosen a career that allows them to be entrepreneurs and, and be successful because of, of their business. And so giving the people uh, that we work with the ability to be more successful, whether it's through a construction project or or helping them improve their their current facility or the ergonomics or the efficiencies, you know, just making other people successful. We always tell uh, our clients that we judge our success by the success of them. If they're successful, we're going to be successful, and and if we can help them get to a, a place that they're not at without us, that that's a win for everybody. So maybe just for some more background. You know, I'm sure not everyone that you work with is looking to build a new dental practice from the ground up. Maybe if you could just kind of outline the different ways, all the different ways that you guys can engage with dentists on the construction and the development side of their practice. Yeah, I, I think it's important uh, for people to realize that we make sure to give our clients the right solution for them. You know, there's a lot of people that that we start down a path that think a, a new building is the right solution for them for whatever reason and and helping them understand what the different options are, you know, whether it's an acquisition of a current practice or or if it's starting something on their own or if it's buying a, an old building on the town square versus building new, making sure that they understand all the different options that are out there. Um, and then just depending on the, the circumstances of them personally and professionally, uh, making sure they're making the right solution for them. 
uh, and that that's something that we do early and often with our clients. I mean, we're we're a construction company at our at our core. It's what turns on our lights and opens our doors. But you know, that service before we ever get to to swinging a hammer is what differentiates us because um, we allow our our clients to do some of that exploratory work on the front side to make sure they get to the right solution for them. What is that process like more specifically, and how long does it take? And maybe when someone comes to you thinking that they want to either expand their practice or buy a new practice or start one from the ground up and that they are interested in uh, building or redeveloping it somehow, where do you go with that? Um, you, you know, time, timing can be a, there's a huge range and it, it really depends on how quickly our clients need or want to move on a project. I mean, we've, we've fast-tracked some projects in months start to finish because we had to, you know, maybe a lease was up or, or they're moving on from a practice, who knows, right? Lots of different reasons. And then there's also clients that, you know, I may just be, be in contact with for two, three, five, ten 10 years that know they want to do something someday, but need to have some other things happen in, in their world personally and professionally before they decide to do that. And so um, there's no set time frame. You know, we don't start start the stopwatch and expect something to happen when it when it starts beeping at us. We we just figure out what the right solution is for our clients and then and then solve that for them. And so we've actually created what we call the the driven to deliver process. It's a five step process: um, discover, analyze, develop, commit, and then deliver. Those five steps um, are, are what gets you from the, the starting line to the finish line. And there's a lot of things that go into it. But um, laying that out for our clients so that they know when they're ready to make the next step, what that next step is, because that's often the biggest challenge. Um, people don't know what the, the process is. This is something they're going to do once or twice in their entire career. We've done it 200 times, right? So making sure they understand what the process is. Um, and maybe we go, we crank through it and it's start to finish in a couple months or a year or a year and a half, depending on what the, the scope of the project is. And so, like I said, sometimes it's 10 years and that's okay too, whatever's right for them. So not that we planned on this ahead of time, but now my interest has peaked. The, the, you said it was the driven to deliver process is what you guys have titled it. And could you high level hit the, uh, the five steps again, if you would? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, like I said, five steps, discover, analyze, develop, commit, deliver. The discover process is how we start every conversation with every one of our clients or prospective clients. And in the discover process, we are literally just listening, learning, gathering, absorbing everything from them. You know, our, our clients have been potentially thinking about this project for months, years, more than five years, who knows? And so that's our time to play catch up. We have to get everything out of their head that that they are uh, have been thinking about or think maybe a solution to get up to speed, and so that we can then be an ad advocate for them uh, to to help them through the entire process. And so once we get through that discovery phase and we've learned about their business and what's unique about them and what specialties they do and what area they want to be in, we then go into the analyze stage, which is compiling all that information. We summarize it. And then we go through what's the most important step in the entire process, which is feasibility. And that is um, some physical feasibility. It may be, you know, uh, does your facility, uh, is it going to be a solution for you? Do we need to build something new? Is it an addition? Is it a remodel? But then going through the financial feasibility of it as well. And this is the biggest step. It's be And it's because people will often get... Um, 
too concerned or overwhelmed with what the, the big dollar figure of what a project may be, but they truly don't understand how that's going to understand their uh, impact their cash flow. Mm. And so when we have this database of 200 plus projects and we know what all the costs were of very applicable and similar projects, without going into a huge detail of, of what those um, what their project may look like, we can get them to a financial feasibility, show them what a cost per square foot schematic budget is going to look like, run that through a financial calculator with terms and conditions that we've seen on other projects and show them exactly what that's going to do to their cash flow. And what that allows us to do is, you know, kind of do that leave no rock unturned mentality and explore those options very high level and give what we call a ROM or a rough order, order of magnitude to what each of those options is going to be so that then people are making decisions based on actual information and not just this crazy speculative high level thing that you can never get any traction on. So once we get through that feasibility step and figure out the right solution for them, we go into the develop step, which is providing solutions, finding land, proposing plans. Um, We go through a design exploration process, which is when our interior designers are showing all the different products that are available, what's been used in other clinics, what we recommend from a clinical performance perspective, all those different things. We then get to the commit stage. That is, you know, when we're truly validating all of our solutions, getting hard numbers, securing financing, getting city approvals, all the things that, that that take to make the project come to come to life. And then the last stage is deliver. And that's when we're actually building. Right. So we've done all this work. It could take, you know, up to 13 months to, to get to that stage really easily. And now we finally get a turn dirt. And so all those things on the front side doing them diligently is what makes a project set up for success so that when we get to the deliver stage, we are building it with a very confident solution that is going to be correct when we get to the finish line. And just to clarify, the commit stage, is that at the end of the develop or excuse me, the commitment, does that come at the end of step four in development? Did I understand that right? Absolutely. So it, another thing that's unique about us is our promise to every one of our clients is that we get everybody to feasibility at no cost to them. Mm. We feel like that is our responsibility as professionals and, uh, and experts in the industry to give them the information that they need to make the right decision for them uh, personally and professionally. And so we're doing that at risk. We're doing that to build the relationship before we build the project. Um, and so we're going through analyze. Once we get to feasibility, we're saying, all right, this is where rubber hits the road. Mm-hmm. Does this make sense? And are we your teammate to move this thing forward? Once we get to that, that makes a lot of sense. We go to de- develop, we develop the plans and commit. Like I said, commit is where we're validating everything we just went through in feasibility. But it's also when we typically close on the land, it's when contracts are signed, things are moved forward from a financial perspective. So yeah, that is a lot of time and energy perhaps that you guys are outlaying to get someone to feasibility without uh, any sort of promise that a deal is going to move through and, and generate revenue for, for downing. Uh, is that common in the dental construction industry? I'm kind of coming at this as a novice or is that more uncommon? Uh, it's, it's, well, it's common for us. <laughs> it, it's uncommon though, from what we've been told for, for others. And, and we're able to do that because we're confident that our solution is is going to be the correct one for our clients, right? Um, you know, our our ten year goal is to have a hundred percent of our business coming from repeat and referral based business. You know, typically we're introduced from someone that we've worked with in the past that that says, you know, you need to work with Downing. And so people often say, well, that, that's crazy. You're never going to get to a hundred percent repeat and referral based business. No chance, right? 
Well, I mean, the reality is the last several years, we've been over 90% with that already. So, you know, when we can just um, keep our clients happy, when we can get introduced to like-minded individuals that, that they know or that we know, and, and then be confident that our solution is a proven one that can get them to the finish line, then, you know, the, that risk that we're talking about of putting the effort in, we're working with people that, that are like-minded and want the same solution eventually. And so when we can do that and, and we know that the opportunity is there, um, it's like I said, it's our responsibility as, as experts in the industry to, to arm people with the right information to make decisions for themselves. So just to bring it full circle, so everyone listening understands, uh, the commitment comes after feasibility, but no one is on the hook yet or committed to moving all the way forward until the final step. Um, is there some sort of, for lack of a better word, down payment or earnest money that that you guys require uh, as a commitment before moving to the development stage? And then it's if you move to the deliver stage, then it's obviously you're on the hook for the whole thing. But um, could you maybe just explain that a little bit more in detail? Yeah, we, we don't ask for any money to get started. Um, you know, that that's us doing some preliminary planning. That's doing real estate searches. That's going through our database of estimates to, to make sure that we get to feasibility. There's no cost to do that. Once we get to feasibility and we know it's the right solution and, and everybody's confident that it's going to be the solution moving forward, that's when we'll enter into a, a design contract that is, you know, cost is dependent on um, what the, the size of the project is, obviously. But sure. when, when we do that on the design side, we're not asking for any of the money even on the design side until, okay. until we get to construction. But there is an agreement that gets put in place that, you know, if for some reason uh, the dentist decides to, to not move forward with the project, um, whatever cost we've incurred on the design side would be reimbursed to us. But as long as the project moves forward, that design cost is even rolled into the construction project and isn't isn't billed until construction starts. Okay. No, that really clarifies it um, to kind of help what I think the dentist to understand what what the process is and what they're on the hook for. Because I think everyone maybe would be interested in a conversation. But, you know, if you're an entrepreneur like you are, like I am, you you never want to put someone in a position either where you're asking someone to do work for free. So um, outlining that, if I'm understanding it correctly, the, the process to have a conversation and to analyze it and to, to do the feasibility study even on your end is, is all uh, covered by you guys. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's easy for us to be confident in that just because we've known how it's worked for 15 years and we've done it, like I said, over 200 times. And so the reality is, you know, dentists are busy. They're they're busy with their business and they're and they're working and they're they're, like I said, typically the sole provider and, and generator for their business. And so, if they're taking the time to investigate what this next step is in their their career, we know that they're serious and and we have to be to the same level of commitment um, to them that they are to us. And and when we have that like I said, like-minded mentality to move something forward to make all of us more successful, it rarely goes in a direction that we don't expect it to. Got it. No, that really outlines the process. Um, um, how long did it take or kind of what was the process for you guys to develop that process? Has it been, I assume, ongoing for several years? Yeah, it's definitely an evolution. Um, and it's ever-changing too, right? I mean, it, it's as things continue to change and evolve, we, we may make tweaks and changes. And, and But as it sits in 2020 and 2021, as we move here into 2021, we've we found that this has been the, the easiest to understand um, by both 
our clients and also the consultants that work with us to help us through this process. Um, but it's it's definitely the the most streamlined version of of how to deliver a project that we found. So kind of in a different direction here, but one thing that I'm always a little bit fascinated by is, you know, whether it's a dentist, whether it's a construction company, whether it's someone like me in financial services, there's always this delicate balance between, I guess, what I would call the subject matter expert and the person that actually has the veto control or has to write the check. Um, you know, the patient could come in and say, no, I don't want to do this to the dentist. But then the dentist is, you know, obviously he went to dental school for four years and maybe specialized beyond that. Same thing in the construction industry and in, and in my world, too. How do you guys balance that when you, you're you working with someone that kind of wants it their way, but you have to sort of delicately maybe at times tell them that that way just doesn't have the outcome that you're going to want to have? Yeah, a great question. So uh, the easiest answer um so we have three uniques, okay? Three thing, three things that are unique to our company, and none of them are unique by themselves. But the combination of the three of them make us unique. One is that we provide a single source solution. The second is that we take things from an owner's perspective, and the third is that we listen. That third one is is the most important to what we are talking about right here, and we have to listen to our clients. We have to make sure that they are heard, because the reality is they are professionals and they are trained in the trade that they practice all day, every day. And so there may be things that are specific and unique and different about their practice that may swing uh, the end result in a certain way. And we have to make sure to hear that and understand that and make sure to incorporate it. With that being said, we have the experience of what has worked 200 times plus, right? And Mm -hmm. so when a, a client has something that we hear that we may um, think there's a different opportunity to present it, we have to make sure to do it and do it with backup that's proven. And so it's our job as the experts to present it and do it in a way that they understand it and how it may impact the direction that they thought they wanted to go down and just present it in a way that then they can make a decision, okay, either go down the path that is has, has been proven and we know works, or I'm going to veer here a little bit and do it this way, but I know that it is, is the right solution because XYZ is unique about me and my practice. And so as long as we explore that and we you know do the ripple effect, what's the effect of this change veering off the path of known? Mm-hmm. Um, as long as we do that and we do it in a way that is... Um, explored really thoroughly early on in the process so that we know what the result is at the end, that can be done really easily. What's, uh, well, I'm thinking of it in terms of a spectrum in that you probably have some dentists that are coming to you on the one end of the spectrum that, well, you guys are the experts. You tell me, here's my practice and I want you to kind of lay out how you would do it if it were you and your business. At the other end, you have people that kind of want it their way based on some of the things that you just discussed. how does that how do people come to you for the first time when they have that kind of those first initial conversations with downing are they is it more common for them to be on one end of the spectrum than the other um we've seen it at far extremes of the spectrum <laughs> um you know and and that's also something unique about us is that um we are here to serve the the service that is needed and so if you know let's say there's a a dentist out there who who owns multiple practices and and has done this two or three or four or five times and they've got a certain way that 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 we that that they know works for them. 
why is that our spot to, to say that your past four or five results were incorrect because X, Y, Z? That's crazy, right? I mean, they, they have a proven process that's in place. Um, and we just need to be there, like I said, to listen, be the sounding board, take it from their perspective and, and move it forward with our expertise. We still have to interject our expertise to make sure they, they are getting treated with that expert perspective that we've, we've created. The flip side of that is we've had people that have, have come to us. A lot of people only do something with us once or twice in their career ever. And they, they say, listen, I do not have the slightest clue what the next step is. I need you to, to take the reins and drive this thing for me. Keep me informed and, and ask for my, my uh, input when, when you need it. And we, we check our egos at the door every day. And, and whether we need to, to be driving the ship or we need to be in the back seat, um, just steering the ship, whatever, you know, I mean, that, it doesn't matter to us. We just, we need to make sure that we understand who our client is. A client is not a client is not a client. They're not all the same. They all, they all need to be treated as individuals and make sure that we are tailoring our services to meet their needs. So you mentioned that your, your goal, your objective, objective eventually as a company is to have 100% of your new business coming from was it existing business or referrals from existing business? Repeat and referral based business. Yep. So with that in mind, what's if you had to kind of enca- encapsulate the sentiment that you hope a client leaves the experience with Downing with after completion of the project, how do you kind of sum that up in a few sentences or, it, or I guess as many sentences as you need to, to sum that up? What are you looking for the client to feel with feel like when it's all done? I always tell our clients that if we do not do another project for you, or if we do not get introduced to another client from you, we have failed somewhere along the lines. We, we want to get to the end of a project and uh, have, have the mentality in place that when the next project comes up or you hear your colleague or your friend or, or, your, or your partner say, I need a project to do that. No questions asked. It is call Downing, call Joe. They'll take care of it. It's going to be the easy button. They know every step along the way. Just call them. And, and when we can get our clients to have that feeling of, of trust in us, um, it's like I said, it's a win-win for everybody. So the first step is, is just a phone call or maybe outline that. I know it's the discover process first. Is that a face-to-face meeting, phone call? Uh, where do you guys begin and how long can that first uh, process take, first step? Yeah, I sure like it being in person, face-to-face. And of all things we're challenged with these days, that becomes more challenging, right? right. Um, so a lot of times it's it's exchanging a couple of emails or if it's a phone call, um, could take two minutes, could take 45 minutes, who knows, whatever, just depends on the the extent of the conversation, but typically it's just a, a quick introduction, learning about who they are, where they're from, where they're from, where they want to go, what their timeline is, um, and then setting up what those next two, three, four, five, ten steps need to be to, to help them move the thing forward. But it's often just a quick personal introduction. Uh, we then usually do some exploratory things before we get back with them a second or third time, just so that we have some content to discuss. And, and we want to make sure that we're utilizing everyone's time uh, efficiently and making sure that every time we talk, it's not just talking about the last thing we talked about. It, it's because we have new content to discuss and uh, new decisions to, to move through the, the driven deliver process. And most of my audience at this point is based in the, uh, in the Iowa uh, or at least in Iowa and sort of the Midwest region. Uh, what's your kind of geographic reach for uh, projects that, that you guys are interested in working on? 
Yeah, uh, great question. So we're based out of central Iowa. We're actually, our, our home office is in Indianola, which is about 10 miles south of Des Moines. We also have a design studio in Waukee that just opened um, mid last year. But we have staff in um, a lot of outlying areas in, in Iowa, you know, Cedar Rapids, Cedar Valley area, um, Sioux City, Omaha. And we can really easily get you know, approximately three hours from any one of those spots um, at any time. And, and when I say three hours from any of that spot, that's that's just I want to make sure to have one of my managers on site managing the project uh, every day. And so, you know, that gets us the entire state of Iowa and, and, and kind of halfway through every state that touches Iowa. That's really easy for us. Beyond that, we actually have a couple traveling managers, um, construction managers as well, that allows us to go nationally. And so, you know, we, we've completed projects in, in states all over the country, um, so we're, but we're, we're limit, limited by that. You know, we, we only have a couple of those people, so we can't have 14 of those projects going out of state um, all the time. But we stay in communication with our clients. We understand what their timelines are, and then we allocate manpower accordingly based on where the geographical uh, needs are for our project projects to happen. Awesome. Well, Joe, this has been a lot, a lot of fun. I've enjoyed the conversation. I've learned a lot too, and hopefully the audience uh, will as well. Anything before we kind of wrap up here, anything that I've missed, anything that's relevant that uh, I haven't hit on that you would like to add? You know, I, we're just here to be an advocate. Um, we want to, to allow dentists to focus on their business and, and we can take care of probably the biggest uh, financial decision that they're going to make in their career uh, with regards to a facility. And so if, if uh, you know, there's anyone out there that needs help or just needs questions answered, uh, we just want to, like I said, be an advocate, be an ally for you to, to talk through all the different opportunities, the things that we've seen be successful, the challenges that we've other, seen other people have, um, and, and allow you to be confident in, in the decision-making that you're making for your, your career. And um, so like I said, we do that with no commitment. So anytime someone has those questions, feel free to reach out to us, and we're, we're happy to help you through the process. And what is the best way to get in touch, Joe? Yeah, probably the best way is to go to our, our website, and that's www.downingconstruct.com. Um, we've got a lot of great information on there. All of our contact information is there. Uh, and you can get to, to any one of us uh, to help you out. That's Joe Butler. He's the CEO of Downing Construction. Joe, thanks for spending some time with us, sharing your wisdom, and for being a guest on the Practice Growth Podcast. Thanks, Sean. really appreciated it. Sean Terrell is a registered representative, certified exit planner, and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA, SIPC financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. PAS is a direct, wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Carroll Financial is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS, Guardian, or Carroll Financial, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. Compliance tracking number 2021-114313, expiration date January 2023.